Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. In Luke 19, we actually, we see Jesus. He, he traveled a lot and we see him. He was traveling with his disciples and they were going through the town of Jericho. They're going through the town of Jericho and there were uh, great crowds all, wherever Jesus went, there was a ton of crowds. So much so that some of them actually were like, okay, like sometimes they're like, okay, where's the boat? Let's go. Because there were so many crowds. Crowds followed Jesus. And there there was, he was in Jericho. There were so, so many people around him. And there was also another man who wanted to see Jesus. And he wasn't just any man. He was the chief tax collector. He, his name was Zacchaeus. And now, chief tax collector, now this guy is a little bit different than the CRA. Okay, like, I don't know how you feel about the CRA. I'm not going to make any assumptions. You might get giddy when they call you, if they call you. Hopefully they don't call you. Um, but, uh, so, but the tax collectors then were a little bit different. See, a tax collector, Israel was occupied by Rome in this time. And what, what, uh, what Rome would do is they would have a base rate of tax of that they say, okay, this is what we're taxing this place. And what they would have is tax collectors, and they weren't Romans. No, no, no. They got people from the area. So if it's Israel, they would have um, Israelis. They would be the tax collector. And they would collect taxes on behalf of Caesar. And they would set, collect the base, uh, base of the tax of what Rome said, this is how much you need to collect. And then above that, they didn't get paid, just so you know, from Rome. How they got paid is the amount that they added on top of the base level. So what they did is, so the tax collectors were hated because everybody knew these guys are making their living by taxing us and then adding above and beyond and gouging us. And that's how they made their money. And so this Zacchaeus, the Bible actually says he was a very rich man. How do you become a very rich man as a tax collector? You gouge people a lot. You rip them off a lot. And he was the chief tax collector. So he'd been doing it a long time. He was really good at his job. And so he was hated. He was hated by people because he was seen as a traitor. He is now working with the occupiers. And not only that, he's collecting their taxes, taking our money from us. And also he was ripping people off and ripping people off really, really well because he was a very rich man. And now this Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus and could not see him because the Bible says he was short. And so he couldn't see through the crowds. And so let's, let's actually go there. Is in Luke 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he'd become very rich. How? By ripping people off. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, Uh, a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, maybe you hear Zacchaeus and you've already tuned out. 
right? Because Zacchaeus is a very um, well-known story. It's in like all my kids' little books about the Bible. Zacchaeus makes an appearance. Um, Like maybe you've zoned out of, okay, I know this story. What bearing does this short ripping off man have on my life? But I actually think there's great bearing on our life and that actually we can actually see ourselves in Zacchaeus's story. And actually more importantly, we can see how Jesus acted and we see who he was through this story. I, I think we see who, we see ourselves in Zacchaeus. And here, here's why. Zacchaeus was short. And because he was short, he could not see above the crowd. He could not see Jesus. Romans uh, 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. See, we are actually, we can't measure up. We, there was something separating us and God, and that was sin. And so as much as you do, you can't see God because there is something causing you to fall short, and that is sin. And the other thing is Zacchaeus, he climbed a tree to see Jesus. He climbed a tree to see Jesus, and what was he doing? He was striving to see if he could see. And I think we can strive. We can do our own efforts to try and overcome the shortness that we have, what we lack in sin, right? We can try and do good enough, right? Try and be a good person. Try and say the right things. If I just say the right things. If I do enough of the right things, does that tip the scale? See, we can try and climb that that tree of self-effort to see God, to reach to God. Um, And religion really says do enough and then God will see or accept you. But I actually don't necessarily see that in the Bible. I actually think even people who say don't, might not believe God, might not believe there is a God, they too are actually climbing a tree whether they realize it or not, trying to strive, trying to go forward, to make my life of some significance, trying to um, overcome this shortcoming that I believe all of humanity has or had. And at one time or another, I think we have all been Zacchaeus. We've all been Zacchaeus. But what I like is we see in this story how Jesus responded to Zacchaeus. And I think it actually gives us a a picture of how he is responding to you and I today. That how he's responding to you and I today. Let's jump back into the story, this account. So in verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Quick, come down. I must be a guest of your home today. I think, I wonder if Zacchaeus thought, hey, it worked. It worked. He, he saw me. My plan worked. Jesus saw me. He noticed me by climbing this tree. I am so smart. Look how rich I am. And now Jesus is noticing me. Uh, but however, Jesus didn't just look up and say, hey, dude in the tree. See, Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. He knew Zacchaeus' name. He called him by name. Now, I don't care how good of a tree climber you are. I've climbed very few trees, actually. Um, But uh, tree climbing doesn't usually telegraph what your name is. Um, See, Jesus knew Zacchaeus, 
And it wasn't a surprise that, that this is Zacchaeus here, that actually it wasn't a surprise to him at all, but part of God's plan. See, he already knew Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was already known by God. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to your house because you're such a great tree climber. Wow. He didn't say, I'm going to your house because I can tell you are very well off and, and you are a great tax collector. Wow. No, Jesus, he did this. He chose Zacchaeus. He chose Zacchaeus. And, and I think sometimes we can confuse the, oh, I've, I've, God has noticed me because I've done good works. Or God, God, now God does reward you for what you do, absolutely. But he has chosen you. God chose you and he knows you by name. I think it's actually amazing that you are not a stranger to God. That, that, that he knows you and he calls you by name. That God's not in the clouds somewhere, removed from you and your life, but that he knows you intimately enough that he, as Zacchaeus, will call you by name. That before the foundations of time, he looked down and he said, oh, Zacchaeus, he's going to be here and I'm going to encounter him there. He said, oh, he looked down the foundation of time and said, I saw Michelle and she's going to be here and I'm going to encounter her. He saw Chris before the foundation of time. See, he saw and it's part of his plan. Why? Because he's chosen you. Not because of your works, but because he saw and said, I'm choosing you. Right? It, it's, it's, you can't do anything more when he's chosen you. See, he's, he's chose you. Now, I, I like in, in Luke 16, uh, verse 7, it says this. It says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of the notorious sinner. They grumbled, right? So Jesus went to the house and people aren't happy. Like, who is this guy? By all means, Jesus should have said, look at you. You are awful. You've ripped off all these people. You are living this horrible life. Shame on you. But he didn't do that at all. He said, Let's go for dinner. Let's go for dinner. See, he, he, a man who was hated, he, he actually befriended, he chose and he went for dinner. He went in the house. And the Bible actually doesn't say what Jesus said in this house, what was said, but what Jesus, the time with Jesus and the words of Jesus changed this man. Like dramatically, so much so we see in verse eight, um, how dramatic it was. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood, this is at dinner. This is a good dinner. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if, you, if I've cheated people on their taxes, he has, I will give them back four times as much. That is dramatic. That is a dramatic change. Why? His heart was transformed when he was with Jesus. His life was transformed when he was with Jesus. And it wasn't his good works got him too. It was actually his time with Jesus out of the overflow and the abundance. Then he did those good works. See, works flow out of the abundance of our relationship with him. You know, serving, loving, giving, it flows out of an abundance 
with him. And Jesus chose Zacchaeus, and Jesus, I think it's amazing that he initiated coming to his house. Zacchaeus didn't say, hey, come to my house. I got a great house. I could host you guys. I know there's like 13 of you. Um, yeah, we totally have a special place for Judas. Like, it's, it's great. You come, come this way. But no, he, Jesus initiated coming to his house. Has not Jesus initiated with us? God so loved that he gave, that he, he came, and he initiates it with us. I, I think that's amazing is that, that he chose us before we were even here. So how, what more can I do to convince him to choose me? Nothing. He's already chosen you. You know, and this man that society would have seen as the worst, Jesus chose and sat down with. He, he was a friend to him. And later, actually, Jesus was accused of being a friend of sinners by others. But in verse 9, it says this, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek, see, Jesus is coming, to save those who are lost. See, Jesus is the one who came to seek and to save those who are lost. And just as Jesus chose Zacchaeus, I think it, I find it encouraging to me is that he has chose me and you. And that it's not our works that initiate that. It's actually he chose you before you could do anything. Before you could do anything. And this is, what's crazy to me is I don't think you've ever, on earth you can experience anything like that except by God. Because really, like, as much as you love your spouse and your spouse loves you, they chose you for a reason. Oh, we're compatible. You have a great sense of humor. Um, like, uh, or, um, or even your dog. You think that dog loves you unconditionally? Well, he loves you because you feed him. <laughs> right? Like, everything, there's conditions. Yeah, you chose me, but there's a reason. It's like, we're a great fit, or I really have fun with you, or I chose this because it's very comfy. You know, like, you, there's a reason, yet he chose you before you could give him any reason. He chose you in Christ. He chose you before the foundation of earth. And he chose and he initiated it. I love where Romans, where we read earlier, Romans um, 3.23, it says, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard, yet, yet, God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through, Je uh, through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty from, uh, for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sa sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows us that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the past, for he was looking ahead. He looked ahead and including them in what he had to do in the present. God did this to determine his, or to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is far, uh, fair and just. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. I love that it, it doesn't stop on verse 23. Like, all of sin falling short of the glory of God, you're short. You came up short. Sorry, come back next time. But instead, yet God. Yet God gave his best himself, God in flesh, Jesus, 
so that you can be made right with God, that you can be the righteousness of God, and that we can today experience his mercy, his loving kindness, right? God so loved that he came, or that he gave, I should say, uh, the grace, God's unmerited favor, God's empowerment, that, that, that we can do nothing, We've done, we don't need to do anything but just to receive. He chose you, and he chose to show his goodness to you, his best, Jesus. I find it also interesting. Um, Zacchaeus, he was, he was a tax collector in the area of, of Jericho, like the Jericho, like Joshua in the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Like, that's old Sunday school right there. But, and, and years, many, many, many years before that, that Joshua, when he went to the promised land, it was only God who could crush Jericho down. That, that in order for them to walk into the promised land, that God actually crushed that down. And that Jesus, too, in, in, in his interaction with Zacchaeus, we see that actually there's nothing that we can do, but it was actually Jesus who actually then breaks down the barriers so now that we can walk into um, God's promise, his promises and his promised land. Why? Because he's chose you. Not because of what, what we've done, but because of his love and his grace. In John 15, um, Jesus talks about, like, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And, uh, and, and then he goes on to this scripture here that we're going to pull up. is uh, John 15, 7. He says this, I no longer call you a slave or a bondservant, uh, some translations say. Uh, and a bondservant as well is someone who is free, but they, they say, I want to be a slave to your house. I want to give my life, and I want to be bound to you, a bondservant, a willing one. So I no longer call you a slave uh, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friend. Now you are my friend since I have told you everything the Father told me. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will, be, will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command that you love one another. I think it's amazing that, I, like, he chose me. He chose you. I didn't choose him. And, and I don't need to impress God like, it's not like, I don't know if you've ever been around people and you feel like, oh, I need to, like, impress them. Like, what do I need to do? It, it's actually, you don't need to impress God. You can just be with him and live with him and allow his goodness to transform you. Allow his presence to transform you. And he chose you to bear fruit that position you so that you can thrive in God. But what stands out to me here is this, is that he, God calls you a friend. God says, you are a friend. I'm a friend of God. You are a friend of God. And it's not just like, here's your friendship bracelet, but that he, there's actually something to it of God calling you a friend. That a, that a slave or a bondservant, he doesn't know what the master is doing. His ways, he doesn't know the why behind it. He doesn't know the root. Nothing is disclosed like the scripture says. But God chose you because of his love, his mercy, and to show you his grace. And he calls you a friend 
Because why? Because he reveals his ways, his plans. He shows his character. He talks to you. He confides to you like the scripture says. So he's called you a friend. And with that, it means that he will tell you things plainly. In 2 Timothy 1.9, it says this, uh, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life as he did, uh, did this, not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. It was his plan to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he's made all of this uh, plain, not convoluted, not like hidden, plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life, immortality through the good news. See, now we have the Holy Spirit who teaches us, who leads us, that, that he will now talk to us and speak to us and show him not only just we see what God does, but we actually see his ways. Psalms 103.7, it says this, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Another translation talks about how his ways, how he does things, and that's what God does today. See, you're chosen by God, called a friend, because he, he will tell you things. He'll speak to you plainly. And if we go back to what we've been basing this whole series on, the text in Matthew 16, the Spirit of God revealed to Peter that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But in Matthew uh, 16, 21, he said, he says this, he says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. He started telling them plainly what? That it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and leading priests and teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but the third day he would be raised from the dead. And Jesus, what did he do? He told the plan of God to Peter. And why? Because he called him friend. He chose him that he's a friend of God. Now, how does this apply? Like, cool, just a nice tic-tac-toe, but uh, how does this apply to our life? Well, God chose you. You don't need to climb any tree of self-effort to be seen by God, to be known by God, to be approved or loved by him. See, he loved you and chose you first. Now you actually get the works to flow out from that. He loves you and he chose you. The, the second thing is that God calls us friend, that we are a friend of God, that he speaks to you. He's speaking today. He will reveal things to you, the directions. He will not withhold any good thing. And as you spend time with him, he's gonna reveal things by his spirit. And God will not withhold anything from you. And because God calls you a friend, that you are a friend of God, I think now we too don't need to withhold anything from God. We don't, have, we don't have to like get it together and then go to God. We don't have to be, God, don't look here. But that we don't have to be afraid. Instead, Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Then we will receive his mercy and we will find his grace to help us when we need it the most. See, we, God is not withholding anything from us, and I think we too now do not need to withhold anything from him. 
when we're having great days, to go to him, when we're having the roughest day ever, to go to him, and we can be bold and, and know what we're gonna find? We're gonna find his mercy, his forgiveness, his love, his love that heals and restores, mercy that is new every morning, his kindness, his goodness, grace, his unmerited favor, and it's not on what you've done, but what on Jesus has done, and also the empowerment to do what needs to be done. That's what grace really is, is, is God's empowerment to do. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says that your gra- my grace is sufficient. So we can come to him, why? With confidence, because he has chosen us, he's called us his friend, he loves us, and we can come boldly before him. As the band comes up, I wanna encourage you with this, is that, God calls you friend, that you are a friend of God, that you've been chosen by God, and that, that I think there are areas of our life where we all have those trees that we climb, that we try and do with self-effort, we try and do to make it happen on our own. But I wanna encourage you to get out of the tree And instead, come boldly before the throne of grace. I know what you're going to find. You're going to find mercy and grace in your time of need. You're going to find his grace, his empowerment to do what you need to do, what is in front of you, whether it's a mountain, whether it's a valley, whether it's a high, a low, his empowerment. You're going to find his mercy, his loving kindness. And like Jesus said, when Matthew, in Matthew, or I should say Luke, when Zacchaeus met with Jesus, he said, hey, salvation has come here. There's like your salvation. But I believe God wants to continually save and rescue you, no matter where you are. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now. Father, I thank you that, God, you are a good father. You call us your friend and that we can come boldly before your throne of grace. We don't need to withhold or hide anything or have it all together, but that we can just come as we are. And as we do, we know that you've chose us, you've called us, you've appointed us, And you love us. And as we do that, we will find grace, your empowerment. And we'll find mercy, your loving kindness. So Father, I pray right now. Father, for anybody who's who's questioning if God, if he, if he'll accept me. Or his question, does God love me? His questioning, is there a God? Father, I thank you it's not on what we do, not us climbing a tree, but that you know us individually. Father, right now, I just pray that your people, your soon-to-be people as well, that they would encounter you 
your grace, your love, your mercy. And just like Zacchaeus, as, as we encounter you, that there is life change, there's heart change. Father, I thank you for freedom right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your peace right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, we praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week. Thank you.